Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Ready? Yep. Let's go. Let's laugh. We are imperfect after all. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Imperfect Us podcast. I'm Leanne Camilleri. And I'm Lisa Downs. As hosts of the Imperfect Us podcast, we share relatable stories that celebrate we are all perfectly imperfect humans leading perfectly imperfect lives. We discover practical and evidence-based strategies that draw on the science of well-being and positive psychology that help us to uncover the barriers that might hold us back from being our authentic selves and turn them into opportunities so that we can show up more consistently doing what we really aspire to do and who we want to be. We acknowledge the Wadarung and the Ghana people as traditional custodians of the beautiful lands on which this podcast is being recorded. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and extend this respect to other First Nations people who are here with us today. So let's get started. Well, hello and welcome everyone. Uh, we would firstly really love to share our heartfelt gratitude for your love and kind words, your compassion, and also your understanding as we needed to press pause on the Imperfect Us podcast to navigate a few struggles. We are really grateful for your patience and your encouragement during this phase and really thank you for that. However, in today's conversation, Leanne and I thought that we would share with you some tips and tools that we drew on as we had to navigate some struggle and found some beautiful and unexpected surprises and learnings. So if you're all ready, let's dive on in. Now, Leanne, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? <laughs> really good. Um, I've had a really lovely time connecting with family and so forth, and it's um, great to see you again as well. Now, Leanne, I thought we might start off with um, an emergency. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah, okay. All right. Well, as you know, as we were about to launch our next episode with Dr. Paul Wong, something actually happened that was so unexpected. And I'm just wondering whether you'd be able to share a little bit of insights with our audience today as to what that something was. Yeah, absolutely. So I think most importantly, right up front, I'd like to say if anything we talk about today is hard or triggering for any of our listeners, we strongly encourage you to practice self-care, whatever that is for you. It, it, it's really important that we share this, but also we're really aware for some people it might be uncomfortable in some ways to, to, mm. to hear. And so. to reach out and speak with someone too. That's really probably worthwhile actually adding in there to Leanne is that, yeah. you know, if it really is triggering for you, there is always the amazing service of Lifeline mm. um, to call them. They have terrific um, people to speak with um, if this is triggering for you. And the phone number for that is 13111. One four, and there are a whole lot of different resources in everybody's area. So that's for you. Thanks so much for sharing that, Lisa. Really, really important. Um, okay. Back in April, Easter actually, Good Friday, uh, a few days before I was about to take on some learning in trauma informed practices. Um. Our own family trauma was unfolding in that my daughter, who was 26 weeks pregnant, uh, found herself in a, I guess, a concerning uh, situation. We were away camping 
in a caravan park, but yeah. it quite remote and a terrifying, scary uh, experience for her. I know it was scary for me. I can't imagine how it felt for her. It involved a couple of ambulance rides and uh, my little baby grandson, my first grandson, Oliver, being born uh, on the the tenth of April, which was the was which was Good Friday, a uh, Good Monday. Oh, it wasn't good. It wasn't a Good Friday or a Good Monday. <laughs> it's the Monday, and that set the course uh, of a wave that we're still riding of experiencing that that cycle of a premature birth and all the challenges that that come with it mm. um yeah so uh reached out to you my beautiful friend yeah I remember that time yeah. remember how frightened I was for you and and your daughter and how in that moment of struggle and real concern how calm you were in trying to support her in that time of real need and real struggle for all of you and being quite amazed from such a far distance away from you, not being able to help, but what was the one thing I could do to help you? And it was to listen and to support you in any way possible. You know, I can't imagine, you know, how you navigated that, but clearly on the other side of the of that, you've been able to do so much which one day you might reflect on how much you have grown and the unexpected surprises, I guess, and learnings from that situation mm. as it continues to unfold, as you say, in that wave. I think that uh, there are lots of lessons there, uh, lots of gifts and, and gratitude mm. for understanding the science of well-being. And, and I want to say front that, you know, we are people, you know, professionals in the field of well-being. We understand what helps people to thrive. We understand tools that we can and strategies that we can support people with. But also we are human and when we're riding those waves, mm -hmm. we are reminded of, the impact that that struggle can have in whichever way it shows up the gratitude is that in the, the the knowing and the understanding and even when I when you don't get it right there's a there's a heap of resources to to draw on mm. when you get quiet or you're reminded by you know your, your wonderful friends Mm. And so grateful to have this. Actually, you know, when I think about, you know, this this whole experience, actually, it's not about me. It, it, it was my daughter experiencing that and how could I be her support? And it was incredibly scary. Mm. Uh, but also, I feel like it's been a wonderful gift as I feel closeness with my daughter, a new closeness, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah I it has just been a wonderful gift Lisa I oh. know that that I one of the most important things through the whole experience is that 
for well-being, we understand that connection is really important yeah. for our ability to take care of our well-being. And those connections, all of them who have been a support for my daughter, for you know, for our family, for you know, for me, so grateful for them. Uh, but I know also, Lisa, that as much as we were going through this challenge, you also were, were navigating some, some challenges as well. Yeah, I think the universe was speaking very loudly at that time. It was quite challenging. I think before I tell about my sort of emergency at that time and what was happening is I noticed from afar in your situation, because it had happened very, very quickly and I was grateful to be able to be around there for you at that time and I do remember how we as humans just when we're in a struggle situation we can go into action very very quickly especially when it is an emergency because you know it's I think the natural ability of all of us to try and work out how can we help and support in any particular way and how you did that for your daughter was just incredible and even you know hearing the stories in the hospital and the liaison with the nurses and the doctors and you know there was such a team around and it just shows that you know that community you know our well-being is not just about us it's often about our teams that we work with and in your instance with your daughter there's you know the hospital the ambulance people there were so many people involved and the smallest amount of support was you know from me where you know we were talking about trying to release this podcast with Dr Paul Wong and we're like Leanne stop you have something bigger to deal with at the moment so let me take this I'm going to let everybody know we're going on a break um, a short break we didn't realize how big the break needed to be however and we're really grateful that we've had this time because there was a lot going on but that support when you have a social network you know there are so many amazing humans in our world that help in any shape or form and that's where those learnings come from of the unexpected surprises and for you that connection with your daughter and her having a wonderful mother to be able to support like you really did support her in so many ways by listening and really thinking about well, what support you needed to give or was it time to just let her tell you what she needed that was just incredible so I guess for us at that time, we really did need to bunker in to what was important. And I think for me, the other one for you is, you know, you had started a new role and mm. that organisation was amazing and supported you in what you needed. And that was another, you know, surprising and wonderful gift that people around you are able to support, which was wonderful. So I guess for me, the emergency that, that I had is my son is living in to state by two other states. So I'm currently in Victoria and he was currently, he's only 18 at the time, and he was living in Queensland and called to say he's a great surfer, but he had fallen and the, his surfboard, the tip of his surfboard went straight through his eye. So oh he gosh. rang, I know, but this is the same he rang with that, that voice where you just know something is horrific. And uh, his voice was very just in panic. And I, was, and I said to him, so just I can hear in your voice. I said, can you tell me it's hit your eye, but is it bleeding? And he said, it's bleeding a lot. And I, so I had to have that calm reassurance of 
to try and find out what was going on because I couldn't see him or hear, I could only hear him. And I just said to him, look, is anyone with you? And he said, yeah, the boys are with me. And I said, well, have you got a towel? Put the towel on and put some pressure onto your eye. He said, mum, there's a lot of blood. And I said, okay, (laughs) panicking in my mind. And then I just explained can you get one of the boys to just to take a photo of your eye right now so I can actually see to know the significance of it because you just don't know when you're talking to somebody. Anyway, eventually you sent a photo and I thought, oh, my goodness, (laughs) you need to get there. So without panic, I just said, okay, I want you to put the towel back on your head and I want you to get them to drive you immediately to an emergency hospital, which luckily for him was not too far away. So off he went. But then I sat in this really uncomfortable space of going far out. I am two hours minimum away, maximum, no, minimum away. I've Mm. got to get to the airport. So I tried to get onto flights, couldn't get on. There was nothing available for the next two days. So then I was frantic. I said to Andrew, that's it. I'm going to go and drive. I'm going to drive all the way from here. (laughs) And he just went, now stop. That's Mm. not achievable. You are in a panic. You are exhausted. You're already burnt out from a whole lot of other things. It's time to stop and think. You just need to book the next available flight and then we'll just talk to him every day and talk to his housemates and make sure he's fine. Long story short, he ended up the first first hospital that he went to, they didn't really treat him for much for concussion or anything and they just put glue in his eye. And then he got an infection and then it went on to a lovely doctor who I think might have been a professor who came in and then said, have you had any scans, which I've been saying. Eventually they said, you've actually broken your eye orbit, the bone in your eye, and our hospital can't support you. You'll need to go to another hospital to have surgery. So that, you know, all of a sudden the struggle became more challenging as to whether he would lose his eye or not. Luckily, he hasn't, and he's still ongoing with some things. However, immediately in that sort of situation, after my husband saying you can't drive, we were able to support him in that way going forward and mm. eventually flew up and helped him. And as it is at the moment, he's just had to learn that every time he serves, if he falls off, he has to help him. He can't have that injury again is what they're saying, or he could lose his eye and he's alive so the grateful part is that he's okay but it was a really challenging time as being so far away and I kept thinking at that time Leanne you know I should be extremely grateful he could be overseas and that would make it even more complex but he's not he's in Australia not far away but it was at the time enough to be so so worried but again, we just drew on the things that we could be grateful for. I was grateful for that it actually he hadn't poked his eye out. And luckily the body is so amazing where when the board hit his eye, it actually just pushed his eyeball up, broke the bone, but it meant that his eye was not impacted. So, you know, you're just grateful for the, how the human body works. Oh, Lisa. Oh, so we laughed and you two, we both laughed and laughed about mm. When these sorts of things happen, when struggle happens, how it can be really challenging. But let what you were talking about before, we were able to draw on a whole lot of resources that we know for ourselves, but how hard that must be for people who don't know and why reaching out to a social group or someone to talk to to get some help is really important. I think what has rung home to me uh, during our recent 
challenges is that importance of support and, and, and knowing that it's okay to ask for it because, hey, I don't like to burden people with my challenges, but uh, how do I make it lighter? Mm. It, the heaviness of, of the experience, how do I make it lighter if I don't share with someone? You know, someone might be a close friend, it might be counsellor or a doctor, you know, but, you know, how do you lighten that load? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I found myself in, in, in our experience was just getting quiet because the mind, oh, I don't know if this was your experience, Lisa, but but I've, I'm I'm a pretty safe bet that that it was probably a bit similar in that your your mind just goes crazy in you want to protect the person you love you want to or you um, want to fix it you want to fix it mm-hmm. absolutely there's there's all these things going on you don't want you don't want to see them in pain and you would do anything to take that pain away from them but uh, what is occurring at the same time is that you're generating your own pain and discomfort in yes. trying to relieve someone else's. Mm. And, and um, I, you know, I guess that wake up moment for me was was that um, just that release, that moment of release. I remember being in the shower one morning and just, you know, bawling my eyes out. Like I had to yes, let it out. I had to do the same. Because <laughs> I was being a big and brave and courageous <laughs> woman, but internally I was like a duck just trying to paddle as fast as I could underwater. Do you know, Leanne, that reminds me a little bit about, we've talked about this many times before in our podcast, mm-hmm. in Adam Grant's work with Give and Take, the givers and takers, and we are so good at giving, 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 and we forget ourselves. And I think that's possibly one of the biggest learnings from this just one situation where we both were struggling at at pretty much the same time in that we were so busy giving to others that we forgot about our own well-being and and that's that whole thing you know you hear people say if you don't fill your own cup how can you feel for others yeah but we're so busy depleting our own cup at that time because we're trying to keep some sort of balance and normality and trying to help somebody else which is a natural thing for us and why wouldn't you that's part of being human Mm. but at what cost did that have and I think that's the thing that we're reflecting on now is you know I know for myself at the time there was quite a few other things that I'm not sharing today but caused a bit of burnout for me and so how did I navigate that and what we were talking about before is that when you know and you're aware of that, you can make some choices to improve that. But if you don't know what to do, that's where it can be stuck. But with, for us, I was able to use a lot of Kristen Neff's work, um, yeah. and I know you probably do the same naturally too with the self-compassion. And I think for me what really stood out for me when I just felt so exhausted, so depleted and a little bit not supported that was just my internal dialogue in that I needed to be really aware, be mindfully aware of this was actually a a time where I was struggling and it is okay because in the theory with Kristen Neff's self-compassion, when we're mindful, mindfully aware of this, 
then we can understand that this is a common humanity thing where struggle is. Everybody has struggle and there can be gifts of struggle. But if we're isolating, then it's not actually going to help us. And then we have a choice in that time when we say, well, obviously I'm in a time of struggle. (sighs) Well, this is normal for people. This is, you know, a common thing across the world, not just Australia, anywhere. It's everything. So what can I do? Something of kindness to myself to help me to either sit in the comfort, discomfort for a little while, but then emerge in a way that is going to be of help and of benefit for my well-being. And so that's what I had to do. And I've only just recently come back from, I had applied for some long service leave because I needed to get away to restore my own well-being. And I had two weeks away, which was fantastic. I was able to reconnect with my son to make sure he was fine. And I feel 100% better already. No, Lisa, I don't know about you, but <laughs> again. I do a little giggle. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, feel like, I feel like I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Like, as people in our profession, Yes, I don't. I don't know about you, but but um, we're the worst at it. <laughs> no, like when I when I share tips or strategies with uh, with my daughter, especially, she'll say to me, yeah. "Stop with your positive shit, Mum." Excuse my language. Correct. <laughs> she says it. The the the. The funny thing is, uh, recently, in a conversation with one of the nurses in the NICU, which is the neonatal intensive care unit. And can we just say very quickly, for any neonatal nurses and the doctors and nurses, we need to have a big shout out. You guys do the most incredible job. I have had friends who've also had their children there and they are always positive. They are always reassuring for the parent as well as the child. They deserve, I tell you what, a million times of a pay rise. You are incredible people. Oh, I I couldn't agree more. Mm. But we were having this conversation and having having a bit of a chuckle because you get to know the people. You have yeah. you form this relationship with these people, and, and you're and you vulnerable in front of them. You're crying your guts out. You need to talk, and they listen. Right, and yeah. and they they get to know you as people. And and uh, I was actually really nervous as we sort of, you know, I'd, I'd had that time. I'd been able to have some time off, but then I had to go back to life. I had to go back to work, mm. uh, and I juggle a few different things. and And I was I was really scared that that meant that I wouldn't be able to spend some time with my daughter and and uh, my grandson. I just my mind was busy making stories about mm. what that might look like. And so we were talking with the nurse one night, and she said. You know what? What do you do? And I, you know, I said, well, I'm a positive psychology practitioner, and and <laughs> you know, I I, I um work, work in well being, and and she said, oh, I'm not I'm not surprised, <laughs> and, and I said, oh, okay, uh, and and I and we sort of said, you know, Kimberly said, oh, Mum always talks about our positive positive shit. <laughs> it's really good stuff that she don't have to say. <laughs> as much as she was making fun of it yeah um we got we had this really rich conversation in, in that 
you know, the, the nurse said the questions that I was asking in those early days when, when there was all this uncertainty. And I think that the, the, the first thing you go to is, you know, all of the worst possible concoctions in your mind. Yeah. Uh, but I, I remember, you know, I knew my daughter was really scared and, and um, you know, I, I remember saying things to her, like asking her how she felt, um, asking her to, like asking questions that would get her to say how she was feeling in a, in a way of, you know, um, kindness. But, but you know, it, it might have been harder for her to do that, her and I alone, but it was easier around the baby and to perhaps put it into some language that was helping her to see, but also helping her to learn as well. Uh, and helping me to see that okay, she's okay. Seeing, seeing how she's thinking and all that sort of thing. And but the the nurse said, uh, you know, it was those questions that you were asking. And I thought, oh, you know, that's even though I was struggling, I was still drawing on what I knew and understood, and that was reassuring. How about you when you? I was pretty much the same, but I think what I was just picking up on too is yeah. that ability of, and the, I suppose the powerfulness, oh, that's not even really the word I want to say, but hope theory. You know, yeah. when we are hopeful, it's like you're reframing. So yeah. we go back a bit when and we were talking about at the top of the show about positive psychology and ha- and it's they're changing the, the name for that because it, it yeah. rings a bell of, you know, it is a bit, hocusy pocusy but it's actually not the mm. reason that positive psychology began was way back in that era in 2010 or before that where martin seligman and his crew were all talking about why is psychology always about fixing things mm. you know it needs to be something different and so as the field of well-being science has actually grown and continues to as all science does but all of a sudden now we have those opportunities that when things are not great, there are some choices we can make. We can make a choice to go down into that self, they used to call it what self-pity, pity city or something like that they used to call it, or we can try and reframe it, which is obviously what, you know, when you're in a crap space, and I know I've been in that space recently where it's just, and as you say, shit just goes on and you just go, what? Like how does that actually yeah. Like, where has it come from? I lead such a beautiful life, but yet struggle happens to every person. Not all the time. Sometimes it's a lot of times, and yet it is challenging. But I can go down in that little, what is it, the pity city sort of thing and dwell on it and struggle in it and stay in there. Mm -hmm. Or, like, remember when we talked to Craig Hassard and who was talking about, you know, that opportunity to really be mindfully aware of what's going on. And sit in there and, and really discover what is happening in that struggle, but not to stay there too long. Stay there as, as long as you need, but then have another thought process of, okay, well, what else is possible here? And that's what you sort of did with your daughter is helping to think in a different way. Yeah. And whether it comes with our experience because of like coaching and et cetera, I'm not sure. But I think for me with our son, is that I was holding a space for him. I've done this naturally with my brother. I've had um, other experiences where the struggle has been horrendous. Mm. And my natural ability is to go and pause 
and then really almost reflect and review. So that's that self-awareness of what's going on. What is the first thing that we need to do to move from here? What's the need? What's the want? And go from there, which reminds me a little bit of um, that acceptance commitment theory with Russ um, Harris and his team, particularly Anne Bailey and Joseph Chirachi. Always get his name wrong, so I'm sorry, Joseph, if I have. Um, But there's a choice point that they've got. Um, So for anybody who'd like to find out more about that, there's actmindfully.com, I think it is, and you can look it up. But it's that point Mm. where you have the point of like a V and the choice that you can make is, is, is what I need to do going to take me away from what I need to do or towards what I need to do? And I really yeah. like that because that helped me with, in a way, with my son is, yes, it was an emergency and I had to go into action phase, but what did I need to choose to help that situation? A bit like with you guys, how you worked. So it's just made me re- reflect on even in the smallest possible decisions, you know, we, we do have a choice as humans. Mm. We're very lucky. All of us do. And it's what choice are you making working towards or away from and I think that plays into you know I guess that mindful awareness mm. oh I remember having the conversation with Elena uh to oh, work she's beautiful and, yeah and actually I'm not I actually can't remember if it was on our podcast or in another conversation but learning about deep listening mm. and oh. With Miriam Rose, yes. Sorry. She is phenomenal. But but that deep listening. The deary. Yeah, just getting quiet. Mm. Whoa, that can be a bit confronting, but Mm. also quite enabling, if that makes sense. Um, An opportunity, I often call it. Yeah, it is definitely an opportunity, in my experience anyway. It was uncomfortable. Sure, it was, you know, that, that moment in the shower, my my day starts mindfully in the shower. And mm-hmm. and and that moment of realisation was quite a powerful one and quite a relief. But then it was that moment of contemplation and, you know, maybe it was prayer. I'm not, I, I don't define it as prayer, but maybe it was. I just, what do I need? What, what's going to get me through here? How can, how can I help? How can I be of service? And one of the big things was understanding that I was actually experiencing burnout in the situation. The, the, the Nagoski sisters I can't think of both sisters' names. I'm going to call them the Nagoski sisters. They've got a beautiful book on burnout. Yeah, so I love that We book. can share the link. But they, ha- they have a term they share around human giver syndrome. And I think as mums, uh, we are very skilled at give, 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 and uh, not, or, or perhaps ignoring, not necessarily not realising it might be ignoring those signs where hey so that moment in the shower for me was that hey and 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 realizing that you know all right I need to I need to close this this stress loop because that's what's happening oh you know uh you know how we're going to do that that stress loop is um phenomenal in the book and I was just trying to get uh the book 
for people. It's called burnout, the mm. two girls. But that stress cycle is really, really important because, and again, the self-awareness really helps because you can feel the stress. Like yesterday I had a stressful situation to manoeuvre and navigate and I could feel chest in my uh, pain in my chest. I was like, oh, my goodness me. But it was very tight because there was some stress going on. But when you're aware of that, then I was able to actually identify it, feel more comfortable with it and then breathe because I knew that that's how I work. But the yeah. stress loop that I had learned about from the, the two girls were that you need to move. Now, whatever that mm. looks like. So what my husband and I did, which is I wish I could show you a video because it's quite funny, but we put some music on, full-on music, not just a little bit, and turn it right up and danced to get it out. So you can see me on the screen now, yeah, but everybody else can't. But I just want you to imagine the funniest, biggest movement dancing, yeah. any sort of movement, whether it's going for a walk, going for a run, going for sometimes people like just to have a bath, but completing the stress cycle is vital and a lot of people don't what a lot of people do in struggle is their 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 way of dealing with it to get home get on the couch have a drink of wine a bit of chocolate whatever it might be mm. but they're not finishing with the movement so yes. therefore the stress stays in your body and yes. is affecting the rest of your body internally all of your organs and there's a uh a weight, I guess I would describe it as it's, it's or a yucky feeling. I can't really, I'm finding it hard to describe, but I think if yucky you've experienced it, you, you, you kind of <laughs> know it. Yeah. I know in the hospital, you know, I, I, I stayed with my daughter the whole two weeks, you know, in that, in those first two weeks I was there. I didn't leave her that I'm sure I drove her up the wall sometimes. Uh, uh, but, you know, at the same time, she wanted me there. So I wasn't overstaying yeah. my welcome. I was there because she wanted me there. But but at the same time, I was holding all of this space for her all of the time. I was, I was, and I was trying to treat it with care. I was probably tiptoeing around things, trying to navigate, taking a lot of energy for myself, trying to think about how, how do I, how do I help her? Um, and, and that for me, closing that cycle was you know realizing that heaviness and going outside of the, it was the women's and children's hospital in Adelaide where my little baby grandson Oliver is and it was going outside going for a walk there's paths all around there I get out it was cold I remember it was you know just starting to get closer to to, to winter so it was cold and, and, and that connects yeah. you to life, doesn't it? That connection oh. with the, especially the cold breeze, it reminds yeah. you that you are part of the world, you are connected to the world, and by you walking and grounding yourself, reminds yeah. you that you are human too. Uh, so helpful. And then there's another area in the hospital, which in right in the centre, there's like an outside cafe. And I started to go there um, as my place. There were pigeons that would visit there and <laughs> I used to enjoy, <laughs> I know this sounds funny, but I enjoyed their company. They were my friends and, and oh. I would go and go and sit with them and just really appreciate their busyness and, mm. and also everything else that was happening around and also considering everything in context. It was just, for me, that, that, you know, that, that walking, that air was really, you know, really helpful. And nature does that, doesn't it? 
Yeah. Um, I was talking to you at the top of this um, podcast about uh, the beautiful, and if anyone hasn't, Indira Naidu, she's written a book called The Space Between the Stars and tragically her one of her sisters passed away, took her life. And the book is about how she healed through nature. And in there, there are so many golden moments about what she was learning from other people about nature and how it works. And one of the things that she talked about was this about birds and their feathers and the importance of it. I won't share the, the punchline. Read the book. It's fantastic. But it talks about that there are things that are ending and that there are also things that are beginning again. So it's this cycle of life of what's happening. But in that moment, you can actually appreciate and nature can actually help you to really inject that awe in nature mm -hmm. that it is a continual life cycle continuing on and on and on all around you and if you sit long enough you see that and then it's much easier to appreciate and be grateful for the things that are actually going well when you're in yeah. that struggle when everything just seems so terrible at the time which it is but around that there is some other things there that can help you to to be grateful and look for but it's hard to spot when you're writing that struggle period but you going outside seeing that was a, an, a, a I suppose a time to acknowledge that and be aware of it yeah something you and I were talking about before we started this conversation was a concept I think you said by Ben Crow I hope this is right you you mentioned interventions yes and when we talk about stuff in in the well-being space we talk about positive interventions yeah. And when you mentioned that interventions, I thought, yes, I just so connected to that because, mm. you know, thinking about the, the challenges that both of us have had, we mm. have had to draw on our interventions. We've had to create yeah. for ourselves some strategies to, to walk through those, un we'll navigate those uncertain waters. It, it's powerful. It was powerful for me. So I, I no. Yeah, and doing the inner work is really important. And I think mm. I was introduced to that intervention rather than intervention. It's made me realise that the interventions is a little bit more like on that fixing it type of thing, where the interventions is where you actually find the gold about yourself, who you really are at the core, and to identify what's happening with you, to be able to make a choice as to what to do next. Yeah. And I think that's the the real gold in that inner work, yeah. which I, I really do feel that for both of us in the, this these experiences we're sharing today is that that self-compassion piece is really, really important. And that mindfulness awareness, it had to start there first before you could actually identify that common humanity and then be kind to yourself. Like what we did. So the other the one of the first things we talked about today was when this was happening for you with your daughter, it was horrific. And you were trying to keep going with what was going on with our podcast. And I had to say, stop, no, this is way more important than that at the minute. We need to take a break. Mm. So letting that stop and take that pause was an action we took straight away. But then as things went on, there was an, a situation that you needed to deal with at the time. You know, Lisa, I'm just having a moment of, you know, when we started our wonderful podcast last year, however long ago it was, 12 months ago, a bit more than that, mm. we were originally talking about imposter syndrome. Mm. 
Mm. And we sort of talked about some strategies around that, around that mindful awareness, self-compassion. And inner critic. Inner critic and and that. um, Internal dialogue that sabotages us all the time. Yes, but also drawing on that inner coach. And I think. Mm. I think I've drawn on that for this as well. Like when you're in the face of adversity, having that, using some of that Amy Cuddy stuff around, you know, presence, being present, you know, st- almost like, you know, standing it at the face of adversity with, you know, uh, what does Brene call it? Um, get in the arena. Uh, she does say get in the arena, but she also says something around strong, back, soft, heart or something like that do you know that oh I don't know that one no uh it's like being strong but also being vulnerable I guess at the same time yeah a Um, loving heart something like that um and uh I think that's in these circumstances that you have to be strong but you also need to be aware that you're allowed to be uh, weak, but but weak or yes, weak is a fair enough, you know. But doesn't it remind you of the word and the power of and? Because yes, we can struggle and yes. have gifts of joy. So in your situation, it was a really tough. That was a tough time for yes. everyone. Like it was a life and death stuff for you. Yes, but and. You had the gift of your baby grandson. Yes. And a a daughter who was then now healthy yes. and not her her world was not vulnerable at that point after that. Yes. So it's struggle and um and life it does life throws us that. And I think it's the struggle is where we find the gold in life. Yes. And you have much more of an appreciation and a gratitude for things because like for me with Charlie, or my son I probably should say, Charlie, his name is, <laughs> I am just so grateful that like he had a horrific injury, yeah. but he has not lost his sight. He did not lose his eye. He is alive and he's able to still surf. Like that is so many things to be grateful for. I was grateful that I could get up to see him and go to meet with the professor about what was going to happen for him. Yes. There were so many things that couldn't have, that might not have happened. But with every struggle, as hard at the time as it is, there is that end that there will be, that time may pass. What was your aims, Lisa? Because, yes, as parents, we're worried, we're going through a challenging time trying to support those we love but those we love are the ones that are actually sitting in that and and whatever that that is for them and you can you but you you are witness to them struggling but also you know it it, it hurts deeply doesn't it like you, you because you so want to support them but you're trying to find the words and the it, it is very different I, I'm look I'm going to be totally honest here it is very different helping someone close to you than helping a client because or a friend or yeah. a friend yes because because you are because it's personal and it's love I know you connect 
there was a lot at stake for you as well emotionally and there's just so much and I'm I think sure that's the part very... I think that's the part that's probably really important to as we end towards the this mm. this podcast recording is that whilst you're always being the giver in those struggle situations and trying to support and help you've got yeah. to remember that you're going through that struggle too and I think that's what we've been both chatting about is that our own well-being declines because we're so focused on supporting others and so that's what they call compassion fatigue yes and when you have compassion fatigue you're exhausted and so how do you what strategies do you do and use that are going to help you and I know for me like I mentioned before I had to book myself because I knew I was not in a good place and I booked some long service leave and went off away on holidays. And for me, I was so grateful. I got up there, I had no, we weren't going to do anything, went to Queensland, was able to, to meet with our son. And every day, Leanne, it was like a gift from God or the yeah. heavens or whoever it was, is that there were pods of whales every single oh, day, dolphins. Beautiful. And I just got to stop and appreciate eat well, exercise, all the things that I hadn't had an opportunity to do as much of, and I just feel so much better already. Oh, um, Lisa. So it's reminding us ourselves mm. that we matter too. Yeah, and I think I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, thank you for that reminder. We could sit here talking for hours, as you and I, I do, normally. <laughs> we, we talk for ages, but... Uh, they are always, you know, always such rich and wonderful conversations. But we have a wonderful season planned for our listeners. Really so excited. There's, there's some wonderful things that we are going to be talking about. Oh, one of the things I'm most excited about is exploring that trauma-informed practices as we sort of move along our journey with our guests and that that's and coming up. What about you? Oh, there's a couple of little sneaky peeks that I won't we won't talk too much about because I don't want to give no. it away. And but I do think the trauma informed practices is fantastic, as well as a little bit of diversity in our workplaces, how courage might show up and yes. support us. But also I'm really excited about learning a little bit about how we can better create cultures of safety and care. Yes. Plus a lot more. Yeah. Oh, I'm so looking forward to it. Same. Oh, well, all right. Thank you again for all of your kindness, everybody. And we look forward to sharing the next podcast coming up. Absolutely. And just a reminder as we do close that, that you know, if you do need to practice some self-care, go and do that for yourself now. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Leanne. Have a great day. Yeah. Bye. And thank you for listening to the Imperfect Us podcast. As always, we are extremely grateful to our executive producer, Brenton Ainsworth, for helping us to put this episode together. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with someone you care about. And we would be grateful if you could rate this podcast on iTunes. To continue the conversation and see what we're up to, you can connect with us on LinkedIn. Just search for Imperfect Us. Bye for now.